0: Did you guys get a word already this morning? Anyone get a word? Woo! Thank you, Allison and team, for leading us into the presence of the Lord. That was I feel like I just got moved already, and whoa, I got rocked. Um, friends, welcome, welcome. Uh, this is our Wednesday morning Bible study where you and I get to study the Word of God together, and it's a gift, it's a privilege, it's a treat to get to be here with you. As always, I have phenomenal announcements for us. Um, the first one is... Uh, every week we take an offering. It's just a way for us to help pay for the supplies. So uh, if you give, thank you so much. There's no obligation to give. Bible study is free. Uh, but if you want to bless the ministry that, we are thankful for that. So thank you for that. And then what I'm really jazzed about sharing with you, we have a cozy Christmas party coming your way. It's going to be awesome. Every year we do a Christmas gathering and our team prayed about it. And we decided it would only be so, so fun if we did a pajama party. So get out your Christmas pajamas. It's going to be amazing. I already have mine pressed, ironed, ready to go. Um, But it is going to be a pajama party, and it's going to be in the South Sanctuary. We're going to have cookies, hot chocolate. We're going to sing Christmas songs together, and we're going to hear a message of hope that we are celebrating Jesus's birthday, and it's going to be awesome. So come, mark your calendars. Um, One of the cool parts of this is we do do a pajama drive for the women and children at Hope Gardens. And so if you are someone who wants to participate in that, if you want to donate, um, I want to encourage you, go onto our website. The way we do it is we bless each specific woman and child that's there. We don't just do like, oh, donate whatever size pajamas. There are kids with names and women with names. And we want to make sure each woman has a pajama that fits her and fits each of her little kids. And so if you want to donate, that's awesome. Uh, It's on our website. You just need to sign up and tell us, hey, I'm going to bring a medium-sized pajama, and then we know our friend who's a size medium has pajamas. We want to make sure each woman and children who's at the shelter has a specific pair that fits them. And so if you want to go online, if you want to donate, that's awesome. And we will collect them all at the women's gathering. So it's like you wear your PJs, you bring your PJs, bring a girlfriend. It's going to be awesome. So it's going to be sweet. Yes. New PJs. Thank you for clarifying for that. Yes, they are new pajamas. Uh, we love donated ones. They have uh, donated, we have. We can donate in other places, but we are asking for new pajamas. So kids have the brandest, newest things on their little body on Christmas Day. So stay tuned for that. But um, mark your calendars, December 7th. It's going to be awesome. Uh, seven o'clock. We'll be there seven o'clock, So Sanctuary. See you in your PJs. Um, before we dive into God's word today, I just wanna pray over us that God would speak to us in his word the way that he always does. Chapter six is a powerful chapter. If you've read it, it's long, it's packed. Um, So I'm just gonna pray that God leads us into whatever he wants to highlight in his word today. So let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Lord, God, we just give you authority over our minds and our hearts right now, Father. Uh, the soil is there, God. Would you plant the seed that you want to plant in us today, Father? Each one of us comes into today needing something, Father. We are creatures of great need, and you are a God of great abundance, Father. So I pray you'd match each woman's need with your ability to meet that need, Father, this morning. So would you give us eyes to see and ears to hear, God, whatever it is that you're doing in this time, in this space, God. Would your word pierce our hearts, God, and make us new, Father? We are hungry for more of you, Father. So would you come in bounty today? In Jesus' name, everyone said. Amen, amen. amen. Um, Has has anyone ever been hungry before? (laughs) I like that women giggle. (laughs) Me right now. Um, has anyone ever been hangry? Oh yeah. So this is a real thing. It's a phenomenon. It's a new word in our culture. But hungry and angry together. When you cannot control that hunger and it takes over you, it's so hard to be anywhere. If you're hangry, if you're having a conversation, if you're driving in traffic, it makes everything so much worse. And if you're ever in a serious conversation and you're hangry, oh, it's so hot. You just want to agree with everything you're saying because you want to go get food. Like, uh huh. Uh huh. Are we done? Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh hunger is a real thing because god created us with hunger God created us to hunger after him. And so you and I were born hungry for anything we can get our hands on. And today the word that we're going to read is about how Jesus satisfies our hunger. Jesus is the anecdote. He's what we're looking for. When you're craving something specific, Jesus is what we're craving. Um, I grew up being obsessed with candy, a little bit addicted even. Uh, My mom was a health nut, and so there was very, very little sugar allowed in our house. I think I've talked about this before because it was such a big part of my childhood. Uh, It was a lot of carrots, a lot of broccoli. So my personal mission as a child was to find sugar and hoard it as much as I could. So if I was ever at a friend's house that had like an unlimited cookie jar, does anyone have that, unlimited cookie jars? That was like, a, I couldn't even fathom that in my house. So I go to a friend's house, unlimited cookie jar, I could go get a cookie whenever I wanted. I was a kid that would be throwing up after 11 cookies because I had no limit, right? I always was seeking sugar. And if you've ever had sugar, you know something that I know, it doesn't satisfy, right? It's really good. It tastes delicious. It like gives you this buzz of like, oh, that's so good. But at the end of it, you're just hungry for more. And as I got older, I realized that as much sugar as I ate, it never satiated me. It never satisfied me. And then when I was in college, I discovered this little bread shop. Oh my gosh, it was so good. It was a soup and bread shop. And this bread would come out of the oven fresh and hot. And we called him the soup Nazi because he really was very strict about his soup. But you would get this cup of soup and you'd get a chunk of bread and it was like, oh, your craving was filled. You left there feeling satisfied, satiated. You weren't craving more sugar. You left content and well-fed and grateful that God had made food that satiated your stomach. Today, we're gonna talk about what it means to be satiated, what it means to be filled with, with Jesus, what it means to choose to see him as the bread of life that he is. So we're gonna read, starting in John 1. Like I said, it's a long chapter, so we're gonna jump. I'm sorry we can't get to all of it, uh, but we're just gonna see where the Holy Spirit wants us to go today. So John 1, 1 through 15 says this. It says after this, Jesus went on his way to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. Now I'll remind you, if you weren't here last week, Jesus had just healed the man who couldn't walk for thirty-eight years. So he's coming off that miracle fresh. And so he went to the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, and a large crowd was following him because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was at hand. And lifting up his eyes then and seeing a large crowd was coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered, Two hundred denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? Jesus said have the people sit down. Now there was as much grass, now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down about 5000 in number. Jesus took the loaves and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated, so also the fish as much as they wanted. And when they had eaten their fill, he told the disciples, "Gather up the leftover fragments that nothing may be lost." So they gathered them up and filled 12 basket with fragments from the 5 barley loaves left by those who had eaten. When the people saw the sign that had been done, they said, this is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. Perceiving then that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. Today we're gonna talk about what I believe are three different ways that Jesus heals in this passage today. And the first way that Jesus heals is he meets our physical needs we serve a God who is able to provide above and beyond what we hope, ask, or imagine. You see, the disciples saw hungry people coming and immediately their fear was, how do I feed them? Where do I get enough money? How do, how do I feed them? Jesus, in his wisdom, says, you can't feed them. You can't satisfy their hunger, but I can. Jesus is Lord over our bodies, Lord over our lives. He cares about our physical well-being. He cares when we're hungry. He cares when we're wounded. He cares when we're going through illness. He cares when there's not enough physical provision for everyone to have enough. Jesus cares about that, and so he sees the masses coming. Now, in the Old Testament, or in this this time back in the day, uh, they counted men when they counted groups. They didn't count everybody. So there's 5,000 men accounted for in this. So if you add women and children, most commentators believe there was at least 15 to 20,000 people in this crowd. Now, if you've ever been to the Hollywood Bowl, it's the best place I can think of to get like a visual of just how many people that actually is. And here one of the disciples sees a little boy with five barley loaves. Barley uh, was known historically for being a very poor man's bread. So this kid would be marked and labeled poor, in need. He doesn't have a lot. So he brought the minimum provision for just himself. There's no way it would have covered everybody else. Uh, So he brought just enough of the barley loaves, and Jesus sees this, and he says, you might think that you don't have much, but I can make abundance out of that. What loaves do you have in your life? What fish do you have in your life that just doesn't feel like it's enough, It's not enough to satisfy maybe your community, your family, maybe you. Where in your life is there physical lacking? Jesus comes to bring abundance to those places, to bring healing to those places, to do beyond what we can ask, hope, or imagine. Jesus multiplies the bread and fish and feeds everybody. And what I noticed when I read the text this time God is a God of of provision and abundance, but he serves those who seek after him. These guys weren't going to the local arena to watch like a fighting match and Jesus was giving them sandwiches on the way. You hungry for the match? I want to feed you. No, They they were seeking Jesus and when they sought after Jesus, he met all their needs. Sometimes we're chasing something else in life and we're wondering why isn't God blessing me? Why isn't he meeting my needs? Why isn't he giving me that thing that I want? Here the people were hungry to know Jesus. They were chasing Jesus. And Matthew 6, says, Seek first the kingdom and everything else will be added unto you. I wonder in your life where there feels like there's physical lacking. Maybe there's a health issue. Maybe don't have enough of something. What would it look like for you to invite Jesus to bless the lack of in your life, to bless where there's emptiness, to bless where there's not enough. Jesus is a healer. Jesus provides an abundance for what we cannot provide for ourselves. And so he sees the people, he knows that they're hungry, and he feeds them out of his abundance. And the commentary doesn't say this, but I have my own little thoughts about things. I don't know if you ever get your own little like tidbits or spins on scripture, so this is not in any commentary, it's just what I felt when I read this, is that Jesus filled 12 extra baskets. And in my heart, in my head, I just felt like that was a way to show the disciples, I have more than enough for you. Look at, I have a little bit extra for each of you who, have, who has left everything to follow me. And again, the scripture doesn't say that, but when I read that, I saw 12 disciples watching the master serve the people. And here Jesus says, there's always enough There's always enough in my kingdom. Just when you think there's nothing, I got a little extra for you. You see, God, Jesus promises to meet our daily needs, to be our daily bread. And so I wonder in your own physical life, where do you need Jesus to show up? Where do you need him to provide? Maybe it's in a relationship. Maybe it's in your household. Maybe it's in your body. Maybe you're going through an illness. God cares about our physical well-being. He knows how many hairs are on each of your heads. I don't even know how many hairs are on my heads. I know my dad's, he's bald, about three. But God knows in your gorgeous set of hair, God has counted each hair, that's how much he cares for you. And so when we seek after him, when we seek to sit at the feet of Jesus' friends, We can trust that Jesus is going to provide for our needs. He knows, he knows when we're hungry. He knows when we're not being fed. He knows when we are in need. That's where Jesus wants to meet us. And so he multiplies this small little offering of five barley loaves and two fish and he feeds the multitude and they have their fill. Our God is a God who wants to fill our hunger. What are your physical needs today? What would it look like to trust God, to multiply the little that you and I have to provide in abundance? And not just for us, for our communities, for the people around us, for our neighbors, for women in the PTA, for women down the street that you don't even know their names. What would it look like for us to present whatever our meek offering is to the Lord? God, this is all I have Would you make it enough? Would you provide for my needs? Would you provide for my community's needs? What is your five barley loaves and where do you need the Lord to multiply that? That's the first way we see Jesus healing today. Jesus cares about your and my physical needs. Where do you need him to show up? in a way that you can't. They could not have manufactured enough bread for 15,000 people on the spot. And sometimes, you and I as women, because we're super capable and we're able to do a lot, we think it's our job to meet all our needs. We think it's our job to figure out how to feed the masses, and everyone's hungry, and I gotta I got do something to do it. And Jesus made it so, so clear in here. The disciples weren't able to fix the problem, but Jesus is. Where do you need Jesus to fix the situation in your life that you cannot fix alone. Not because you're incompetent, not because you're not able without his power, but Jesus wants to do it through you. What's your physical need today? I love this last little part that said they were coming by force to make him king. You see, Jesus is king of a kingdom that he was bringing to earth. He's not. He didn't want to be a king in their Realm of it. He didn't want to rule on government. He wanted to rule from heaven. And so they thought, he they're going to make his, me king and they're going to make me just feed all their needs, bread every day, making sure everyone's okay. And Jesus said, I came for something way bigger than daily bread. I came for something so much more than your physical needs. And that's why he had to withdraw. Because he's like, if you make me king now, you're just going to want to eke out as much free bread as possible. I got something either better for you. I am the bread of life. And that's where he's taking us in this passage. So, first, Jesus heals physical needs. What are your physical needs that you need him to heal? Then we carry on, and it says, when evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into a boat, and started across the sea to Capernaum. It was now dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. The sea became rough because a strong wind was blowing. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and coming near the boat, and they were frightened. But he said to them, it is I, "'Do not be afraid.' "'Then they were glad to take him into the boat, "'and immediately the boat was at the land "'to which they were going.' Then they said to him, what must we do to be doing the works of God? And Jesus answered them, this is the work of God that you believe in him who has sent me. Our job is to believe, ladies. And so the second healing that we see happen today is what I would call an emotional or a mental healing You see, the disciples just witnessed something phenomenal. They just saw God feed 15,000 people. So they're all jazzed, they're like, we followed the right guy, this guy's awesome. They get in the boat, and immediately as they head out, what hits, a storm hits the boat. You ever have that in life? You ever have it, like where you're tracking with Jesus, where you see him do something amazing, and you're like, oh my gosh, we got this, God, we're gonna do this, and then the next day, the storm hits. And you start to wonder, you and I both do this, we start to think, what did I do wrong? Did I hear him wrong? Did I miss something? Is he mad at me? How do I get why me? How did I get caught in this storm? I just was with him. I just I just saw him blessed the people. Why, why is he putting me through a storm now? Here's the reality that we all know if we've been on the planet for more than a day. Storms of life come. they come not always a result of us, sometimes as a result of us, but the storms of life are inevitable. And what happens when the storms come is Satan can get in our mind and make us think it's our fault, that we should have controlled it, that we should have done something different, that why did, how did I get here? And he spins us out. He loops us in fear and shame. It was my fault. I'm afraid I can't fix it. I'm afraid I can't fix it. It's my fault. And back and forth and back. So they're in the storm and they see this creature walking on water towards them. Can you imagine, I mean, like there's some scary Halloween movies out right now, but can you like, physically picture yourself in a boat, the storm is big, and you see a person, they don't know it's Jesus, they see a figure walking towards them on water. How would you react? How would you, I mean, we're like, come on guys, don't you know it's Jesus? They don't know, because they see this scary guy walking on the water. Jesus is coming after them in the storm right when they think that they're abandoned, right when they think that they're all alone, Jesus comes walking on water to them. Jesus is chasing after you and I when we're in the storm. He's not sitting there saying, hey, figure it out. Sucks to be you that you got in that boat. No, 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 no. (laughs) Sometimes we, I think, that's kinda funny that I said that, but I think sometimes we honestly believe that. We honestly think like, oh my gosh, woe is me, like I'm never gonna, and here's Jesus chasing after you and I in this storm, coming to us on water. What I find so incredible about this passage Think about this with me. Jesus came so that all would believe in him. Jesus just had an audience of 15,000 people on the mountainside, which overlooked the Sea of Galilee. How easy would it have been for him to do a sunset stroll? <laughs> 15,000 people, Jesus gets out there and just walks on water. I am the son of God, right? Right? How easy would that have been to show his divine majesty, to show who he was? Instead, he comes to his 12 chosen men in the middle of the storm. He does the impossible, and he walks on water to say to them, do not be afraid. You and I can live in a storm of sea in our mind of fear, anxiety, doubt, worry, and Jesus pursues us in those places. He comes to us walking on water to deliver us to the other side. What fear is Satan spinning you in these days? What lie is he telling you that you're abandoned, you're on your own, the storm's never gonna calm, it's all on you, good luck, you're never gonna make it to the other side. Satan does this to all of us, he lies to us, and what Jesus does is Jesus chases after us. He walks on water, and notice that they were afraid when he was outside of the boat, and what happened when he got in the boat? They were glad and they were delivered. Some of us need to let Jesus into the boat of our mess into the boat of our fears, into the boat of our broken places because on the outside it looks scary. He's, he's scary, but when we let him in, when we let Jesus be Lord of our lives, he casts out fear, There is no fear in perfect love and that's the second healing we see Jesus do. He heals their minds and their emotions. Fear was about to capsize them and Jesus walks into the storm and says, do not be afraid, I'm here, and he delivers them to the other side. Some of you need to be delivered from some fears. I'm speaking to somebody in here today because some of you are letting the storms overcome you. You're starting to freak out. You're starting to feel like God's abandoned you and he has not. Jesus is our daily bread. Jesus is coming after you and I in our places of vulnerability and need where we are not in control. The one who owns the seas comes in and he calms them for us. Where do you need Jesus to heal you emotionally, mentally? Where are the fears of life talking you down and telling you that there's no hope? That's not the voice of our God. That's not the voice of Jesus. Jesus says, do not be afraid. Where do you need to hear that in your life? Do not be afraid. He has not forgotten you. He's coming after you in the storm. And he says this. They said, what do we do to do the works of the God? This is the work of God, that you believe in him who has sent me. Belief. Ladies, it all comes down to believing not always seen, believing. John uses the word believe 52 times in the book of John. It is what he stresses is the most important thing. How you and I activate healing is we believe in the one who is able to do it. C.S. Lewis has this quote, we are what we believe we are. How true is that? belief is powerful if you believe the right thing you can walk in righteousness and if you believe the wrong thing we walk in a lot of broken paths our minds are powerful beings and god knew that if we believe in fear and we let the fear overwhelm us it will absolutely crush us It will absolutely, if we believe that we are destined to be stuck in the storm forever, Satan can just have a heyday with us. But when we believe that God, Jesus, is able to deliver us from the storm, things get a lot more bright, they get a lot more hopeful. But the only difference between those things is belief. Believing that God can do it and believing that God can't do it, we believe that God can deliver us. That God can bring us to the other side. I played baseball when I was little, or like t-ball, I think they call it for little kids. And I had a girl on my team named Sammy, and Sammy was loud. Sammy was born with a loud voice. And so when you're in t-ball, the most important part is the cheers. Not really the hitting, not the catching. The cheers are really what matters. And so the memorial florist, that was our local floral sponsor. We were the memorial florists. We wore light blue. (laughs) It was a gift. It was a gift. We wore light blue, and then every, at every game, we had to go on the front lines, and we did the cheers. You know what I'm talking about? Have you ever been to, like, a girls softball game? Do a diddy diddy dum diddy do. There she goes, just a-walking down to first singing. Do a diddy diddy dum diddy do. The next batter up says, walk me too. So anyways... It wasn't it wasn't about the skill level, guys. It was about the cheers. And so none of us gifted with the talent of softball from birth, we showed up as the memorial florist. Weak in talent, but strong in voice. And because we had Sammy on our team we won every single battle of the voices. Sammy would get out there and she would just belt it. And guess what? Girls got confused when they were batting. And they were so, Sammy was so loud that she overtook the environment of the softball arena. <laughs> we have the voice of God on our team. We have the voice of God that speaks over the enemy that is louder than the deceiver of lies. Satan has been lying to all of us since the day that we were born, but we have a God. We have Jesus who comes and speaks truth over us. Whose voice are you listening to? The voice of Jesus is louder than any other voice, and so we silence the voice of the enemy today. We say no more, no more lies, Jesus. Will you come, will you speak truth, and the truth is that you and I do not have to be afraid because Jesus is the bread of life. Jesus is enough. Jesus has made a way for us. Jesus has overcome death so that you and I can enter life with him. Where do you need to hear Jesus? Speak louder than your fears. His voice is louder, and we believe his voice, the voice of truth sets us free. The second healing is mental and emotional healing. And now we're going into our last little section. It says, so Jesus said to them, this is, he gets up and he makes his big, this is his big speech, this is his big moment. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you had seen me and yet you do not believe. The third healing that I see is spiritual healing, healing of our soul, healing of the deepest part of who we are, You see, Jesus starts with the physical. He starts with our daily needs. He starts with our daily bread. He doesn't want our stomachs hungry. He wants to provide for our families. And then he moves to our mind and starts to renew our mind and heal our mind and speak back to the voice of fear in our mind. And then he comes and he lays down the final gravel. He says, I have come for your soul. I have come to give you life and life eternal. I am here that you would eat the bread of life, you'd receive me, and you'd live forever not eternity one day, eternity starting now, that you and I would have true life, that we would have purpose and value and meaning, and that we would walk with the Lord all of our days. Jesus invites us to eat him as the bread of life. Now if you've ever chased other things like sugar, you know that they're tempting, right? You know, you, you know what I'm talking about. You know that glistening, glimmering sugar, there are so many other things that promise to be our daily bread, right? Relationships, family, jobs, kids, physical ability, financial success, you name it. The world is filled with sugary treats that promise to satisfy, but they don't don't, and if any of us have been around the block more than once, we've all chased other things. We've all depended on our soul's well-being. We've given it over to something else that promised to feed us. We gave it over to our families. We gave it over to our kids. We gave it over to our reputations. We gave it over to our physical appearance. We gave it over to the hope that if someone else thought we were something, it would mean something to us, right? We've all chased other things, and the problem is those things never satisfy they never satisfy, so we feel empty, and then we want more, and it creates almost addictive patterns where we're just looking for anything that will satisfy, and we're never satisfied, and Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Come to me, all of you who are hungry. I want to feed you, God is an anchor for our soul, and so instead of running to the next thing, I want to say this. Sometimes it's so subconscious that we're running to other things that we have no idea that we're actually hoping something else will satiate us. I had this revelation the other day about my wedding. I was disappointed about my wedding because I thought it would validate me in a way that I wanted to be validated, and a wedding was never supposed to validate me, only Jesus can validate us, and I say this because we do this all the time. we put our hope in something that we don 't even know our hope is this we don 't even know that our little kids are carrying around all of our hopes and expectations we don 't even know that our husbands we've put it all on them to be exactly what we need we don 't even know that our friends we're expecting them to build us up and give our life we don 't even realize sometimes what we 're running towards for bread we don 't realize, but Jesus knows Jesus knows we 're prone to wander and that we're chasing other things. And he says, I am the bread of life. Only I can satisfy your soul. Only I can give your life purpose. Only I can give you the amount of love that you need. Only I can actually make you secure. I am the rock. I can put you on the rock. All other ground is sinking sand. Come to the rock. And so today, I'm gonna invite Amy up here. Today, we're gonna take communion together because these words are alive and true. And communion's a gift that the Lord gave us. He gathered his disciples and he says, when you eat bread and when you drink wine, I want you to do this in remembrance of me. We come to the bread of life because Jesus is life. And our minds that wander need to come back to the truth that he is the only feast that will ever satisfy. He's the only one that will fill our hunger. And so I want to read to you this last part of John 6. So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. I'm going to say that one more time because that's powerful. As the living father sent me and I live because of the father, so whoever feeds on me, he will also live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. So we come to the communion table. We come to the body of Jesus Christ that was broken for us, and we come to His blood that was shed for us. Isaiah fifty three five says, "But he was pierced for our transgressions; he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed." Friends, we come to the communion table because this this is life. What this represents is Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is the only thing that can heal. The only thing that can provide an abundance. The only thing that's louder than the voice of the enemy. The only thing that can actually fill our souls. And so I'm going to let you and Jesus take communion together today. And Amy's going to pray over us. But I want you to invite Jesus to show you what it looks like that he is the bread of life in your life. What does that look like for you? Where do you hunger inside yourself? Where do you feel empty? Where do you feel lacking? Where do you feel drawn to other things? Would you receive the bloody of Jesus? By his wounds we are healed. And would you receive the blood of a new covenant that says, God, I'm yours forever. I'm never gonna let go of you. Will you commune with Jesus and receive him as the bread of life? You can take the next few minutes. Take communion on your own when you're ready. And at the end, I'll close this out. we just declare right now that you are the bread of life, God. And we confess just in our own brokenness, in our own meekness, in our own need, we are hungry, God, for more of you. We're hungry for you to fill the parts of our life that feel vacant and void and hurting and troubled and worried and fearful, God. Father, we thank you that you are the Lord of all, God. You promise in your word that That whoever feeds on your flesh and drinks your blood has eternal life. So God, we pray that we would feast on your flesh and drink your blood, God, and that you'd raise us up on the last day, God. Your word says your flesh is true food and your blood is true drink. And whoever partakes in this meal, God, you will abide in and they will abide in you, Father. So God, we pray your word back to you, God, that we would abide in you and that you would abide in us, Father. Lord, would you satiate our cravings, God? Would you satiate the desire of our soul for more, Father? You are the only one that can fill that void, Jesus. We thank you that by your stripes, by your wounds, we are healed, Father. So for anyone who has physical ailments today, we pray healing, God. We pray blessing, Father, we pray new life. And for those who are afraid, God, would you speak louder than the voice of fear? Would you speak truth and freedom that we do not need to be afraid, God, because you have delivered us. God, for those whose soul feels empty today, for whose spirit is hungry, God, for more and more, God, would you satiate them with the truth that we are forgiven and redeemed, and your unconditional love is really what all of us are seeking in other things, Father. So we receive your unconditional love right now, Father, just through the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, would you fill us up? Would you give us a vision of you just filling us up right now with love in places that feel... unworthy, God, that feel abandoned, that feel afraid, would your love just cast out all fear right now, Father? We thank you that you are our daily bread, God, and that you are the bread of life, Jesus. We declare that great truth, Father, that you alone can satisfy God. So we thank you for this meal that we've had together. We thank you that you satisfy us, Lord. Would we seek after you all of our days to receive the bread of life? I bless each woman here in the name of Jesus Christ. And all God's daughters said, amen. Amen, friends. If you need a group, you can come on up. If not, blessings at your table. Go and be with each other and pray for each other.